this message of God restoring to you authority and dominion. I think we've lost so much of that, right? Because unfortunately, so many messages are pre presented as like this heavy-handed, like you're doing something wrong, you're screwing it up, you need to know that and just kind of stay there. It's like, that's not the gospel. The gospel was good news, <laughs> right? The gospel was life-giving. It was restoring to a solid foundation, okay? And so today I'm actually going to talk about a topic that I have avoided for years, mostly because growing up, and, and especially as I was kind of introduced, you know, in my mid-20s to, like, charismatic churches and stuff like that, there was a lot of talk about this particular word, and a lot of people trying to get free from shame, okay? And, and I saw that, and I saw people, and, and they'd pray, like, you know, God, remove the shame, remove the shame. And I don't know why, but I, I, I just had this, I don't know if it was a good perception or not, but it was just like, okay, wait a minute. They want to be free of, of shame, but they're not repenting of what caused it in the first place. Does that make sense? Meaning, I, I want to be free of consequences without dealing with either a wrong belief or a wrong action. And so I, I saw that and I'm just like, something, something doesn't sit right with me, right? Because it's like, I don't know, you know, it's like, like eating a lot of the wrong food and then instantly wanting to be thin. It's like, wait a minute, something needs to change, right? Like, like again, I'm not, it's just like, there's, there's consequences, right? And I saw this with shame. And I'm just like, wait a minute, we need to deal with a root somewhere. And, and so I avoided this because I was just like, you know what? I'll help people get to the root of things and I'm just going to avoid shame. Well, a couple weeks ago, God really started pointing this out to me. And it was just like, Devin, there's something here that needs to be dealt with. Right? There, there is an actual, uh, either if you want to call it an attack, if you want to call it you know, bondage, if you want to call it a belief system, right? All of those things are true. And so I started asking the Lord, like, well, okay, what do you want to teach me about shame? Like, what's, what's going on with this? And, and he showed me a whole bunch of things. I'll, I'll try to get through some of them. Um, one of the first things was that for me as a kid, one of the things I was told, you know, when my, my behavior didn't match, right, what it should, it was like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Has, has anyone else been told that? Yeah, it's, it's pretty common, isn't it? Okay, you should be ashamed of yourself. And what's interesting is God pointed that out, and I'm like, yeah that was done to me, like I, I felt that. And he started telling me about shame and how, as a child, how that impacts our hearts. Okay, because when someone says you should be, you should be, meaning you're not, right? But this is normal. This is what should be. Okay, well, as a kid, when you hear that, it's not just a, hey, I should change my behavior, right? Because that, that's not really presented necessarily, right? 
It's a, I should be ashamed. So what does that do to our hearts? That our hearts go with that to what's normal is being ashamed. Okay. And so that becomes a normal. To the point where if I were to tell you, you should not be ashamed of yourself ever. How does that, how does that feel in your heart there? It's like, uh, uh, really? Like, is that, is that true? Is that real? Because we've so become accustomed to being ashamed. Right? Now, again, kind of back to where I started, there, there has to be something that needs to change. Okay? But God started showing me that so often in our lives, with this particular um, attack, especially when we're young, we are genuinely a victim in a lot of cases. Okay? And I don't like using that terminology, you know me. But because for there to be shame, okay, or, meaning guilt in a sense, there had to be the intention of evil. Does that make sense? Okay, in our, in our criminal justice system, for there to be a crime, they have to prove or show intent, right? Because without intent, all you have is an accident. Okay, there was no crime because it, there was no intention of evil. Okay, but as children, when our behavior doesn't match something our, our parents or other adults want, were assigned intention that wasn't there, right? And so when, you're, when we hear that, you should be ashamed of yourself, immediately, what do we start doing? We turn inward and actually start tearing our own heart apart. Why? Because there wasn't an intention. And as such, there was no conviction from the Holy Spirit because there was no intention of evil. And so the enemy piles on this, all right? And, and that's often where we agree first with shame. And it causes us to retreat. It causes us to hide. And it actually, and this is the next stage of it, it actually turns into pride, okay? Because the belief becomes, if I feel bad about what I've done, I'm a good person, right? If I do something wrong and I feel bad about it, then that's okay. It's over. No other consequences needed. Okay? And so this begins to build in our hearts, and it becomes normal to be ashamed to the point where our heart looks for things. Because if it's not ashamed then something must be wrong. To the point where your heart will actually believe itself to be evil if it is not ashamed. Okay? That's how deep the enemy's claws go on this thing. And so shame becomes our normal in life. And the moment we do something or we experience something where we are truly free, not as a pride thing, not as a, you know doing terrible things, but just genuinely unashamed, almost immediately it all comes crashing in. Why? Well, it's because we believe that that's evil. 
We believe that shame is the righteous thing. Okay? Now, what's interesting in, in Scripture, and I'll pull this up real quick. If you guys have your phones, you're welcome to join me because nobody brings a Bible anymore. <laughs> okay, if you have your Bible, get it out. Oh, no, we got one. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9. Okay, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 9, and I'll read it. It says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, <clears throat> not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation. What's interesting about that word salvation, it can easily be translated deliverance. Oh, the verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Okay? So when we're talking about shame, we're actually talking about this thing known as the sorrow of the world. Okay? Because it's an ungodly sorrow. So an interesting thing about shame is that it has no end. It has no end. Because once you believe you're a good person, if you feel bad for what you've done, and that that's righteous, there's no end. It becomes your companion in life. Okay? But what does it say here? Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Meaning there's an end to it. Because once you've dealt with it in your heart, once there's been a change, you no longer need to be ashamed. Okay? There's a way out. Because what's interesting about shame, and God showed me this as I, I was digging into this and praying through it, is that shame, and this is, this is wild, shame is the devil's substitute for repentance. Wow. Wow. Okay? Because shame says you are made right as long wow. as you feel bad about what you've done. Wow. Meaning, I don't need to be forgiven. I don't need to change what I believe. I don't need to change what I'm doing. As long as I feel bad about what I've done. Okay, how many of you have ever experienced a friendship or a relationship, you know, family, where they've, they've done something that hurt you, and they come and they apologize, they feel bad about what they've done, but they don't change. Anybody experience that? Yes, sir. Everybody, right? Yeah. Why? Well, and then they wonder why you can't reconnect or there's not the same trust, right? Why isn't there trust here? I apologized. Because there wasn't change. There wasn't repentance. 
right? Okay, and so what ends up happening, again, in just stereotypical relationships, <laughs> what ends up happening is that, you know, the person that got hurt now holds this over their head perpetually, right? Remember when you did this? Why? What is it? It's shame. Shame. You need to feel bad, feel bad, feel bad. But guys, I'm here to tell you shame as, as an ungodly sorrow it does not lead to repentance, okay? And it actually has no value. In many ways, it's a detriment because it's preventing people from changing. It's saying, I'm giving, and again, it's the devil's substitute for repentance. He's saying, I'm giving you a way out, right? You don't need to change, you just need to feel sorry. And at first, that feels easy. Oh, I, that's easy, then I don't have to ask for forgiveness, right? Then I don't have to change. <laughs> But how many of you know that becomes an absolutely crushing burden? Yeah. 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 Okay. And so I want you to know today, God does not want you to be ashamed. Not now, not ever. Amen. Not ever. It has no value. Okay. And so when you're looking to deal with this, there's kind of two main areas. One is, is forgiving the people who put shame on you illegally, meaning they assigned, like, you know, I talked about being a little kid. They said, you should be ashamed of yourself. When the reality is, yes, your behavior may need to change, but it should have been treated as an accident, not with evil intent. Okay? So you need to forgive. And in that, often, you, there is a repentance there, but it's a repentance of accepting that shame and taking it upon yourself, okay? Because often as kids, we, we really don't know better. And so we actually take that, oh, I should be ashamed of myself. I should be, that's normal. And you actually need to change what you believe, okay? Kind of like the Santa Claus thing. You, you were told a lie. You were taught a deception. You didn't know better. Now you do. You need to change what you believe. Okay? The second part of that, okay, is where you have done things. Okay? There has been sin. There has been brokenness. And in those areas, you need to acknowledge that before God and say, God, that caused brokenness to me, to the people around me. It broke a relationship. It broke trust. It, it, it's destroyed my life or part of my life or whatever. I acknowledge I chose that and I repent. I, I change what I believe. Okay? I believed that taking things for myself whenever I wanted, however I wanted, was going to bring life. And I acknowledge it. It doesn't. <laughs> and so I'm changing what I believe, right? I chose to believe that everyone rejects me. Okay? I change what I believe. Or actual, like, stealing. I chose to steal. And I, I thought that that would get me what I wanted. And I 
acknowledge it. It doesn't. Because even if I get, you know, whatever it was I took, it broke relationships, it broke trust, it made me hide, right? I believe lying would protect me. It actually just brings destruction, okay? And changing what you believe, why? Because in that moment you can ask God for forgiveness and what? You no longer have to be ashamed. Those are the two main actions. Now, I would say there is kind of a third thing because how many of you know there is a spiritual realm and there are demonic spirits and they love to remind you of what you've done wrong. Okay? So I always recommend when you're in this process and you're, you're bringing these things to the Lord in prayer, if possible, have someone with you so that they can be a witness to that. So when the enemy comes after you and says, did you really, did you really? You'd be like, yes, and they were there, <laughs> okay? It's a legal thing, all right? But the other aspect is actual spiritual warfare because you are going to need, once that's, that's changed in your heart, you're going to need to exercise that authority and command the enemy to be silent and to get out, right? He has lost his legal right to remind you of what you've done because you have repented and you've been forgiven. It's Amen. done. Amen. It's done. Yes. Right? And just keep that in mind, that, that phrase, you should not ever be ashamed, ever. It is not normal. Amen. Being ashamed is not normal right. in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. It's not. Look at Jesus. Can you name me one time Jesus was ashamed of himself? No, not even on the cross. It actually says he despised the shame. <laughs> He's like, nope, not today. Right? Hanging naked on a cross. Not today. You don't have a place. Okay? Guys, that's normal. In the kingdom of heaven, that is normal. Okay? And so I just wanted to encourage you, and, and I'd love to pray real quick as, as I finish up, but to just encourage you that that is possible. Because I think for so long we've lived under this weight. We've lived under this normal to be ashamed. That's normal. No, it's not. It's not normal. To be free is normal in the kingdom of heaven. To be bold is normal in the kingdom of heaven. Okay? To be ashamed? Nah. It's not normal. Okay? And there is a way out. So let me pray for you guys and we'll jump back into worship. So Heavenly Father, first off, thank you. Thank you that you gave us a way out. That through your son, through his death, burial, and resurrection, you gave us a way out of shame. Lord, that our sin can be completely washed away. Though our sins be like scarlet, they will be washed and you'll be as white as snow. Jesus, I thank you 
And Lord, I just bless the people here. I bless the people listening online. Lord, that they would be delivered of shame. Lord, that the enemy would have no place for accusation. That their hearts would be changed and be restored to the boldness and the righteous, godly confidence. Lord, that comes from being unashamed. And so I just plead before your courtroom. Lord, I can't, I can't plead not guilty because that's just not true. Pleading guilty is true, but then I'm responsible for the consequences. And so Jesus, I plead the blood that you spilled on my behalf and on behalf of each person here. I plead the blood of Jesus so that each and every stain can be washed away. In Jesus' name.